pray with me. Father God, your divine power and uh, wisdom alone is sufficient to cause us to know you and to love you. So grant that this testimony uh, to your truth would not come in words of uh, human wisdom or persuasion, but in a demonstration of uh, the Spirit and of your power, so that our faith and our pursuit of you may not rest on the words of uh, any person, um, but in your power, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So ask, seek, knock, pray. Pray, Jesus says. Um, This is the call, this is the goal, Um, and sometimes I feel like we go, man, I'm not living up to that call. Um, You know, Halloween's coming around the corner, and you've got all these different uh, options for uh, costumes for kids, like my kid's going as a, I think a fireman, is that right, fireman? Uh, My daughter, Ren, one year was Rennie the Pooh was fun. Thank you for laughing. We thought that was cute, too. Um, but like adults, what do you do as an adult? I remember in high school was when I started giving up um, on like being really creative. We, we would just, we went around on rollerblades and we wore like, tight, like, like athletic tights and gym shorts and like a hoodie with one arm out and like a bandana on our head. Like it didn't make any sense. It didn't have to be anything. But I saw today someone have a really good idea. They said they were going to go as a former gifted and talented student. <laughs> and and when people ask that, the whole, the, just dress normal, but the whole costume is when people ask you, well, what are you supposed to be? The answer is, I was supposed to be a lot of things. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. Um, really, really clever. So, you know, of course, there's all these expectations for a gifted and talented, you know, and, and half the grade is gifted and talented, right? You're like, okay, clearly we can't all be like, upper-level executives and, and, you know, entrepreneurs and whatever. Like, some, some of us are just going to be normal. And, and the same thing in the prayer life, right? It's like, oh, you get, maybe you meet the Lord for the first time or you, you get really motivated at a retreat or, or from a sermon or a talk or something maybe is like gives you this vision and then, you know, not too long after that or maybe a year later, you, you're, you're looking at where you're at and, and where you wanted to be and you're like, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. And we, we have to address this question at the end of a, of a series on the Lord's Prayer of, okay, so how? How? Because I think the desire, I know the desire is there for most of us, if not all of us. And a lot of times, the, the gap between where we want to be and where we are is just planning and know-how and having the right resources and uh, so I want to talk about it today. I hope today is an uber practical end to a, a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer where we have looked um, uh, in detail at all these different petitions. Um, but now, as we, as we know kind of how we're supposed to pray and we're praying towards the Heavenly Father, uh, two questions then. Why do we pray? Got to get in a little bit to the, the motivation, the heart. Why do we pray? And then how do we pray? What practical, like how can I do this? And I want to give you some, uh, a framework for how at least I have come to pray and how I think in the Anglican tradition, we actually have uh, the tools and the resources to understand how prayer can work, okay? Does that make sense? Okay, so if you've got a notebook, you've got your, especially if you've got your phone, I would encourage you to get your phone because I'm going to show you some apps and some podcasts that I think uh, could be helpful. And you can take, I'm gonna have screenshots that show them and um, really uber practical. I hope that you guys can look at these things with me. Um, 
But first, uh, before we get, actually, it is still, it's still practical, but it's, it's of the theological variety. So um, right around the time I was turning 23, I was convinced I was going to marry my wife, Kendallin, who's sitting here. Um, but I had a problem. She was leaving for Argentina for seven weeks for a study abroad program. Um, the only other person here who can empathize with me in this exact scenario is Logan Adcock. And I texted him last night. I said, man, I need you there in solidarity. They've got some uh, sickness in the family, so they can't be here. But he, his wife did the same thing, and we've talked about it and joked about it, how, uh, how nerve-wracking it was. And you're like, why are you out till 2 a.m. You know, at the place? Because that's when everyone's up. You know, that's what, you, what you're doing. I was not okay. Um, but it started out okay. It started out okay. And then I quickly descended after about week two into this state that could um, only be compared to the state of a, of a character on like a teen drama. I mean, I was just, I was not okay. I was sad. I was uh, uh, emotionally down. I was missing her. I just wasn't myself. And uh, it was this, this anticipation of wanting to propose that was making it even worse. I wanted, I wanted to see her. I was holding on to this, this ring. Uh, I knew that the day was coming when she would come back, and it was only seven weeks. It's like, David, get a grip. Uh, but hey, when you fall in love and you want to uh, seal the deal, so to speak, um, you get kind of antsy. So my mom's laughing. So um, what do I do in that time in between? Like, what do I do until the time I'm going to see her face to face again and now? Well, thankfully, we were born uh, in the year 1990, and uh, we had Skype. Did you know Skype started in 2003? You remember Skype? It's still a thing. No one, I don't know, does anyone use that anymore? Okay. Uh, really? Okay, great. So, uh, Zoom, FaceTime, whatever has superseded, but we had Skype, right? So I got to Skype here. It wasn't too long ago, I'd have to like call, call an operator and they'd like forward me international. I'd pay like a buck 50 a minute or something, whatever they charge, like through Bell, Bell South or someone. Um, before that, you have to like write letters um, or, or type it up or Telegram or something back in the day. But um, we got to actually see each other through a screen. But it's not the same. I couldn't hug her. Um, we couldn't be together. It's, it wasn't the same. But we got to talk regularly in anticipation for the time that we would see each other again face to face. And I, this, is stru- this strikes me as a great parallel to the life of prayer. See, there is a day coming, Christian, where you will see God face to face. And this is actually the very end for which you and I were created. We were created to behold God face to face. This is the, the, the telos, the end, the ultimate goal, the ultimate good for which we are created to behold the face of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Uh, look at 1 John 3, verses 1, through, uh, 1 and 2. I've got them up here on the screen. We won't spend a lot of time in it, but um, look, see what kind of love, Christian, the Father has given to us. See what great love this is. We don't come to him as a God that we're trying to appease, that we're just some kind of slave who's, who's giving him sacrifices so he won't be mad. We don't, come, um, we don't come as an equal either, right? We come as sons and daughters to a father. What kind of love he has given us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. You are a child of God. You get to come to him as his child. And the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. Here's the in-between. We are God's children now, but what we will be has not yet appeared. There's a future reality that hasn't yet appeared. It's not complete. In my situation, we were dating, 
Um, and we both knew we wanted to get married, but what we were going to be had not yet appeared because I hadn't yet proposed. Similar for us. We know that when he appears, this is the future hope, when he appears, when Jesus returns, when he is unveiled, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. There will no longer be a gap There will no longer be a distance. There will not be a veil. There will not be confusion. There will be perfect vision. We see in 1 Corinthians it says, we see in a a mirror dimly now, but then face to face. We will see him perfectly. And that will then transform us. The vision of God, the vision of Christ, will actually then transform us to be like him. So the favored organ of faith, really, in this context, is not the ear, just hearing, but it's actually the eyes. Faith is seeing rightly. It's light. That's why when you, uh, in the Old Testament, it talks, and in the New Testament, when, you, when you're not um, perceiving God properly, it's the eyes of your heart are darkened. It's this proper vision of God that is being held up. So, at the end, the final goal of seeing Christ is our final goal. It's not like there's more behind that. Like There are other things that come out of that, but the actual ultimate goal is seeing Jesus face to face and being transformed to be like him when that happens. The good news is that doesn't have to wait. That can start now. That can start now because he's given us his Holy Spirit and he's given us access to him in the heavenlies. We can, in the Spirit, behold God and be changed by God in beholding him. And the way we do that is through prayer. The way we do that is through prayer. Christian prayer is the response and overflow of a soul that has been joined to God by the grace of God. Christian prayer is the response and overflow of a soul that has been joined to God by the grace of God. If you have believed in Jesus Christ, God has joined you to himself by his grace. You therefore out of the overflow of that relationship, have the opportunity to then go after him and to talk to him as father. And that's really good news. That's really good news. So if this is what prayer is and this is what prayer does, it transforms us, then there's only one logical outcome. And Paul says it in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. He instructs the church to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Continually. In Luke 18 um, in fact, in this Luke 10, we just, or 11, we just read it, that we should keep, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. In Luke 18, he tells a parable to the effect that we should con- pray continually and not lose heart, right? We should always be praying. Well, um, I've got a job, right, you might say. I've got kids, or I've got uh, 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 responsibilities, family members I'm taking care of. What do you mean pray without ceasing, pray continually? What does that mean? What this means is we are uh, commanded and encouraged to live a life that is marked by prayer. It doesn't mean that every second of every day you are speaking words to God or listening to God directly, but it means that you are living a life that is oriented toward the face of God. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So you, you frame your life beginning and end by prayer. So, how do we do that, okay? Now we're transitioning. How do we do that? That's what prayer is and what it does. 
and, how, and the command that comes out of that, which is to pray continually. Now, how do we do that? Well, um, this is an Anglican church. If you didn't know that, Anglican uh, just means that we are um, basically spiritual descendants of the English Reformation, and we practice uh, a Christianity, practice is an intentional word there, our Christian faith according to a certain tradition. And the, the, the resource that we have that is uh, really beautiful and helpful in this is the Book of Common Prayer. The Book of Common Prayer. It is what, uh, it's where we get our liturgy, liturgy here on Sunday mornings, and it is the liturgy that I'll talk about here that can form our daily prayer. Um, I, I, we need to recover this idea of common prayer. Common prayer. Because what, what's easy to hear in, when we're talking about pray continually is it's easy to hear this as an isolating and stressful and overwhelming uh, uh, burden that I have to do and figure out for myself in my life. Is that, do you ever feel that way when you hear about this? That's how I, I, hear, I hear it. I hear this, this individual command that I've got to figure out by myself and I've got to figure out how I'm going to talk to God and when I'm going to talk to God. And we actually have first common prayer. And I want you to think of the, of the image of a, of a fence that has a vine growing on it, maybe a hedge that has a fence. And um, we're going to talk about three elements of this fence with the vine growing on it. Or you might even think of a trellis with a grapevine growing on it. Number one is you have the fence posts. Fence posts, which we're going to uh, relate to Sunday weekly gathering. So first, we can behold God in the weekly gathering of God's people as we come to pray and worship. And these are the fence posts of your life. Second is daily prayer, which is still a corporate thing. And these are kind of the horizontal slats, the, the, the beams between the fence posts that, that make the structure of the fence, that connect you from Sunday to Sunday. So you have the fence posts of Sunday corporate gathering for worship and prayer, and then you've got this, this horizontal connecting point of daily prayer, which is still corporate. And we'll talk about that in a second. And then once you have that structure, your personal devotion and your personal uh, prayer life, the ways that you personally connect with God can be like a vine and like a, 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 a shrub that grows up on the structure of the fence and beautifies it. You see that? There's weekly worship, there's daily prayer, all of which is corporate, and then upon that structure, we get to grow our devotional life. So let's talk about that. First, corporate worship, corporate prayer as we come together on Sundays. Um, again, going back to the, the idea of this being personal, it's sometimes said that, that your faith is just you and Jesus. It's just a personal thing. And um, it is true that in our context, uh, that is emphasized a lot. And it's true that you are personally in a relationship with Jesus. Um, but it is also true that that happens as a part of the whole. Christ is the head of the church, his body, not just the head of you. And so you are a part of something greater. And the book of Hebrews says, don't neglect to gather together with the rest of the people of God. Um, you're not saved on an island. Because of this, the foundational starting point for a life of prayer, if we're to pray continually and behold the face of God now in expectation of the day to come, then the starting point is those fence posts. Starting point is those fence posts. It's Sunday worship. It's where you are right now. And you might think, well, how is that talking to God? How is that beholding God? Um, and Father Brian helped me uh, remember this and, and think of this on uh, this week as we were talking about it. Uh, weekly worship is fundamentally a conversation with God. 
See, God has spoken, God has called us, and we come in response. And so we're singing to him, we're talking to him, he's speaking to us in his word through scripture, and then we're responding to him in prayer. Uh, We pray at the table. We are learning how to pray and worship together. This is a conversation with God that is deeply formative for us in our life. It's deeply formative. If you want a life of prayer, start by coming to church and leaning in emotionally and leaning in mentally. And don't just go through the motions, but pay attention to what's going on and, 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 and engage. During the prayers of the people, specifically as we uh, end the creed, so we'll, uh, we'll have the sermon and then the creed and then the prayers, uh, pay attention. Be attentive to God. Notice what we pray for. During the communion liturgy, notice how much we make of Jesus and recite the good news. A lot of prayer is just telling God how awesome he is. It's formative. Instead of it just being a bunch of requests, we get to actually worship and praise and thank him. That is prayer too. Let those words then become your words. Let the liturgy then form you and shape you in how you relate to God. And let that story of the gospel be on your lips. Let that be the fence posts of your spiritual prayer life. And you're all like, okay, David, I'm here. Like, great, we got that one down. Perfect. Um, Tell your friends. So we have the fence posts, right? The second one is daily prayer. And this is the one where we, especially in an evangelical context, can go straight to, well, what's my personal devotion? And this was the beauty of the English Reformation, and the, the, this is the beauty of the Book of Common Prayer, is that even daily prayer can be corporate and common. The second building block for the growth of your prayer life is the horizontal connection of daily prayer. Um, this doesn't have to be super complicated. I'm going to show you several resources now about how we do daily prayer. Um, but you have the freedom here to kind of... to to, to make it work. Um, Brian was telling me about how a grape, a grapevine, when it comes up as a sprout, you know what it needs to get started? It just needs a little wire. It just needs a wire. You're like, David, I hit 7 p.m. every day and I haven't come up for air and my kids are screaming at me and how am I supposed to do this? Just a wire. There are some days, tell me if I'm lying, there are some days that we get to 7 p.m. and we're trying to get our kids down and we have not spent all we have is we have four minutes of a nighttime prayer that we do together, and that's the only prayer we've done together as a family. We try to make that very infrequent. We want to have more time, but some days are just nuts, right? That's okay. It's, it's connecting us from Sunday to Sunday, and, and the vine, the vine can, can, can hold on to that, okay? Some days, it's really awesome if you've got a little bit more margin, and if you can make the margin, to start laying some real, like, wood slats across, right? Get some more structure, so you have the full daily office, which is like that wood slat. Um, I don't mean to say this that like they're lesser. I just mean how to choose the right audio app. <laughs> I don't mean they're lesser. I mean that they are they're gonna be shorter in time and they're gonna they're gonna take then less uh, um, energy, right? And less pay attention time if you've got kids. Or if you are just really tired and you're in bed, it's gonna take less time for you to have to keep your eyes open. Um, and so as your day permits and as you make time, certain days you're going to have availability for different things. So in my house, we fluctuate between these different options. Sometimes it's the full daily office, which can last 25 to 30 minutes um, in the morning. Um, and some days it's, it's family prayer that lasts five minutes. But there's something, okay? So here we go. The first 
uh, I, I want to, because these are super popular and a lot of you probably have a commute, um, there's a podcast I want to show you. Go ahead and put that up. It's the Daily Office podcast, okay? So this is the full Daily Office. This is the full, uh, and it's just, he does, uh, this is a, a, a priest named Andrew Russell who, who does um, morning prayer only. So he records morning prayer and it's on there. And so what you'll get is the full morning prayer. You'll get, um, you'll get uh, the Psalms. You'll get daily Bible readings. You'll have prayers that you can join along with. So if you're commuting or if you're walking the dog or you're whatever, and you can put this in your ears and follow along and pray in your mind and pray in your heart as he leads you, it's, it's a way to, as you're on the go, do this. And I've, I've done this where I'm driving to work and uh, I'll put this on. Um, there's sometimes, even if you're going to pray the, the daily office in our prayer book, you can, I, I'll put this on so that I don't get distracted and it helps me stay focused as I'm doing it so that there's someone praying it with me, right? Um, this is also, uh, there's also an app or a website that you can grab. Um, so go ahead to the Daily Office app. We've talked about this in the past, but this Daily Office app, uh, it's only available on iPhones. However, if you don't have an iPhone, there is a website that is the exact same interface. It's just in the web browser, okay? And that website is dailyoffice2019.com. Dailyoffice2019.com. So this app it's beautiful because what it does, uh, you, you can use the prayer book, and I would encourage you to get that, but if, if you want to, um, go ahead to the next slide. If you open this app, this is what you'll see, and you just scroll down, and the instructions are there, and you can pray it. Um, this is the full shebang, morning prayer at the bottom. You can't really see it. It's kind of cut off, but there's morning, midday, evening, and nighttime that you can select. However, if you're like, I don't have 25 minutes and this is what we do with our students, by the way. Help me out. There are high schoolers in here, middle schoolers. So what we do with our, middle, or, uh, our, high, our students is um, we, uh, we click on that button right there that's right below the light bulb. It says, go to family prayer, and they're shorter. Um, these, are, these are the family prayer orders, and so they'll take you about five minutes. Um, and don't think that if you don't have children with you or if you are an empty nester or whatever that you can't just do family prayer. In fact, as a staff... When we meet for staff meeting, we pray the family prayer order for morning prayer, which takes us about five to ten minutes. And that is how we start our, our staff meeting. Um, we're the, the clergy and, staffs of, and staff of the church. We don't have to do the whole thing to, to, to enter in. Um, no, it's about engaging with the heart and with, with faith. Um, so that's an option for you uh, personally. What makes this corporate is that these prayers are being prayed by all of us. See that? We're all going to be praying for the same thing. We're all going to be petitioning God together. We're all going to be at his ear saying, uh, make your people holy. Uh, bring peace in this world. Protect us. Keep watch over those who work or watch or weep this night. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. We're going to be saying these things together. We're going to be confessing sin together. And so this is really formative Here's what, here, well, pause. I'm gonna get into this in the personal devotion. The last one I wanna tell you is if you do have kids, here's one more resource. Um, and even if you don't have kids, I think it's great. Here's one more resource that the Next Generation Leadership Institute initiative put together, uh, NGLI, um, which is part of our province. It's, it's this task of our province. And it's called Catechism in Family Prayer. So this will help you get not only family prayer, 
but also will generate spiritual conversations around the things of God, okay? This one we've sent out in a PDF uh, once or twice, but we can send it out again here soon. But here's what it looks like. This is the full page spread, or you can get like individual pages. Um, and the PDF is free. Here's what I do. I take this and I just print one page at a time and I put it on the, so I'm don't, not looking at this because my daughter will be like, she'll be pinching it and trying to zoom in and out. And it's like, it's aggravating as I'll get up. So I'll just print it out, give her a pencil and let her scribble all over it and underline words and whatever she wants to do while we talk through it. And it just says, you start by reading a short song, a verse from the psalm. Uh, like this is the fos at the bottom, which we sing before the gospel every week. So like you could sing that if you wanted, but that rotates. Then there's a Bible verse, and then there's a catechism question with provided questions for how you can follow up to ask them uh, to engage. And you can do this with kids. I do it with my three-year-old. It's kind of comical. And it, you can do this. There's no limit to what age you can do this with. Um, and if you've got students and you're really having a hard time asking them anything about anything spiritual, like this is a way that you can prompt that because it, it's, a, it's a launching pad for conversation with them. Um, and then you end with, the, with your own request in the Lord's Prayer and then a collect. And we literally take five minutes to do this over breakfast. Super easy. What is this doing? When we're walking through life, we'll get to personal devotion here in a second. Um, when we're walking through life, our gaze, the world does this to us. If we're looking at God, we're supposed to be walking towards God. The world does this. It pulls our eyes away. And every day, even if it's just a wire, what we're doing is we're training our eyes back towards God. We're training our eyes back towards God. Oh, it's like, blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Like, we're, we're, we're reorienting. It just has to be that. It doesn't mean like, oh, I'm way off and, and this is gonna turn me. It's, no, this is, this is helping correct us. It's helping form our hearts every day and we're doing this all together. And you don't have to make it up. Like, there's not a, a burden on you here to be super, uh, have a bunch of ingenuity and to be super creative and super uh, spiritual. Um, I'll, I'll transition. It is spiritual, but you don't have to like, the emotion of it. I was just talking to Lauren uh, before the service. Um, I, I came from a, a, a situation in my young adult years where I had the time to have the luxury to even think this, assume this about daily devotions. I assumed that if I sat down with my Bible and my journal and my music, that every day I could have like an emotional encounter with God. That's what I was running after every day. And actually, because I had the time and the inclination, and I'm kind of an emotional person, like, I was probably batting 500. It's like, oh, it's a good one today, you know. But what if, what if I didn't have the energy? What if, what if I didn't have the time? And by the way, do you have any human relationship where you have like significant, deep, emotional like time together every day? Like most of the time you're checking in. It's, hey, how are you? How's it going? Um, what can I do for you? I mean, even with your spouse or with your kids or, or with your parents or with anybody, like it, date night is different from normal day, right? And I think what we have for our normal, it, it's not that the daily office can't be deeply spiritual and moving because it can be, but it's meant to be an oil change. It's meant to be this redirection. It's meant to be just the habit just like brushing your teeth, it should, be, it should be familiar to you like tying your shoes. It should be this, this, this repetitive way that kind of redirects you and trains your heart back towards God. Do you see the vision there? You see the difference? So then once you have the structure of the vertical posts and then the horizontal beams of daily prayer, you have the structure of the church. 
You have the structure and nurture of the church who's helping guide you how to pray. Then, on that, you can do whatever you want. I mean, literally, whatever you want. You've got time and, and freedom then to grow that vine of personal devotion onto the fence, onto the trellis. Um, I, have a, I have a one and a half year old son as well who is just now at the age where um, in the past couple weeks or months, he's been able to play by himself, which is really fun. Um, he'll, uh, he'll go over and he will, um, you know, take stuff out of a bag and then put it back in, or he'll take a book and he'll like flip through it upside down, you know. Um, it's, it's really cute, right? But however, that really only ever happens after he's slept, been changed, and fed. Because if he's not one of those, what's he doing? He's wreaking havoc. He's trying to show that he needs something. He's in the kitchen pulling stuff out of cabinets. I'm saying, get out, I'm cooking. Like, go, go play, go play. And he won't do it. He needs, he needs something. He's kind of like scattered and doesn't know where to go. But when he's been cared for and nurtured, he's good. He's got what he needs. Then he can go and play on his own. That's, that's kind of an image I have in my head of, and if you're coming to Sunday worship and you're, you're uh, connecting Sunday worship with those slats of daily prayer, you have all the nurture and the support you need to then go and play. Go play with the Lord. I mean, whatever it is. So, um, you know, I'm the kind of person where, my thing went all the way back to the bottom, or to the top. I'm the kind of person where uh, music, art, nature, uh, reading or learning, those kinds of things really appeal to me. Um, and so whether it's weekly, monthly, whatever, establishing habits of personal devotion that uh, surround and grow on this structure for prayer uh, that, that, that is what grows my personal life. That is what grows in my personal life. Uh, but it goes up on that structure that we have. Um, it's funny when I look back and I read my journal where I like prayed every day. Uh, you know what I notice is that a lot of the prayers sound the same. We do actually end up repeating ourselves. And so repeating ourselves with the language of, that the church and the scriptures have provided is probably a better foundation. And then when we come to do personal devotion and, having, and have unique uh, interactions with God and unique connection with God, um, those can be more sporadic. So what I'm saying to you, this might feel counterintuitive. Every time you pray, it's a supernatural event. So hear me when I say that. Every time you pray, it's a supernatural event where the Holy Spirit of God has united you to the life of Christ who is then ushering you then into the presence of God, whether you know it or not whether you feel it or not. However, every time you pray doesn't have to be life-changing. Right? Every time you pray, can just, it can just be, it can be putting on your shoes for the day. Right? We should feel the freedom to be trained by daily prayer. Just put the wire up. Just put up the wire. You can do that. I know you can do that. And there are tools that you can do that for. And then, as you have that up, you then can begin to grow your personal devotion on that. And then God, in his mercy, will visit you and he will give you those moments where there's a bloom, where there's fruit. He will give you those moments and it'll be when you don't expect it. He'll visit you. So at the end of the world, in conclusion, at the end of the world, we will all see Jesus. Eventually, my wife came back from Argentina. I bought a ticket. I think I've told this story before. I bought a ticket to fly to Atlanta from Columbus. That was $50 one way. 
And um, I only did that so I could go through security and sit in the terminal. And so I was in the terminal, and when she got off the plane, I got to propose. Uh, and it was also the Arnold Classic that weekend. Does anyone know what the Arnold Classic is? Fitness Expo? Uh, it's in Columbus. It's just massive. I mean, there are guys that are like 320 pounds of, of pure muscle and, and women who are similarly built and other athletes and fencers, and it's crazy. And they're all, it's packed in the airport, and I propose, and they're all like, yeah, you know, they're all, good job. Get to the wedding, you know. They, they're pumped, right, that uh, this happened. And uh, she said yes, thankfully, and um, we got married a year and two months later. So uh, the beauty of that is it, the, the, it finally happened, and it was like, yeah, you know, we hugged, and there was a party, and it was awesome, and we trained. We had to, like, there was expectation leading up to it, right? And for us, one day, we'll see him, and we'll be like, yeah, there's Jesus, finally, Finally, we get to see him after we've talked to him for so long and we've longed for him and we've trained ourselves by daily prayer to look at him. When we finally see him, we'll actually be able to see him because we've been trained. This is our God. This is our Savior. This is the one who loved us and died for us and brought us to himself. The least we could do is put up the fence and watch what he does. Right? Watch what he does. And you can do that. You can do that. You can put your shoes on every day. You can do that. And he wants that for you. Because one day we will put off suffering, death, pain, sin, corruption, and all of that. And today we get to start training for that. Today we get to start being changed. And we do that through daily prayer. And the invitation of the Lord's prayer is keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. He will show up. He will show up. He will show up. Don't grow weary. Keep going to the glory of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.